The following presentation was recorded live by Voices from Jerusalem. Okay, we're on uh, number uh, 21 of the 48 ways. In order to get your potential into living, you need to master this tool that's called Bemiut Schok. Bemiut means to minimize, and Schok is laughter. Minimize laughter. Now, everybody knows what laughter is, right? Minimize is, again, the three aspects. You've got to laugh. If you want to live, friend, if you really want to live, you've got to learn how to laugh heartily. B is the second aspect. Minimize means too much laughter is negative. It wipes you out. It'll be counterproductive. And C is the positive negative is you've got to stay on top of this laughter. You've got to be able to cut it down when you've had enough. You've got to be the master of laughter. Right? But before we start discussing the how we do it, I like to focus your attention on the power of laughter. And the, the, the real use of it. And I ask you, did you ever see it? Or did it ever happen to you that you're fighting a terrible fight with all kind of uh, bad feelings and bad vibes with a friend, with your parents, with your brother, with your sister, and all of a sudden, <coughs> you start laughing. Something struck you ridiculous about this, yeah? And all the bad feeling disappeared, and you saw how absurd the whole fight was, and... Everything was fine. What is this? What, what happened? That's a powerful little little gadget, that laugh. Yeah. You want to understand it? You want to use it intelligently? And you want to use it when it's best to use it? Okay, so how do we go about it? So Roman numeral one is the positive, this power of laughter. So number one of Roman numeral one is first examine when you use it, understand how it works, understand its dynamics, and use it consciously. So number two, to give you an instance of how to use it consciously, see, we use it. We use it, it affects us, and we know how it affects us. I gave you the illustration, right? But the idea is to use it consciously, plan it. Yeah? So number two is just an instance from the Talmud, so that we can, we can see it working. In the Talmud it says that Rav, who was one of the great uh, rabbis after... Uh, Rabbi Udanossi, who wrote the Mishnah, who put the Mishnah down, codified the Mishnah, and he gave a class for thousands of students, right? And every time Rav Posach Bamila Debdichusa, whenever he gave a lecture, and it was in serious business, and when you make war, and, and judges, but whatever his lecture was, his opening line would be a Mila Debdichusa, a joke. First thing that he did was crack a joke. Now, why would he do that? Jay, why, why would he even tell a joke right at the beginning? Relaxes the audience. Relaxes them. Gets a bit of the tension, you know, it's between you and the audience. You, you sense it, you see. You, you've put your finger on it. But what is it? When you fellas come in here, when you're coming into a lecture, you're somewhere else. You're with what you were doing, with what you were thinking what you were talking, what you were worried about. And slowly, the lecturer has got to focus your attention, get you involved, and get you into what he's teaching, right? Tells a joke, wipes the slate clean. That's all gone. The past is gone. Now you're ready to pay attention. So you see this, this technique of understanding what it does and using it at the proper moment. 
Okay, so number three is, let's take a look at the most prevalent. I would say that the, the laughter that everybody knows works, and it works subconsciously every time, practically, is, do you know when we start laughing spontaneously? Starts maybe with a giggle, but you start laughing. Do you ever have tension? A haunted house tension. Huh? You ever go into a haunted house ride in Coney Island? You hear people giggling? Huh? But why? why? What does that do? It releases the tension. That's the way human beings react to tension, subconsciously. And we laugh spontaneously, and when we laugh spontaneously, we are recognizing, you understand, that even the tension is funny. Do you see that? That being all wrapped up about these spooks, or being wrapped up about the, uh, the, uh, the, the marks on the final, or whatever the tension is, we say, that's funny. We're laughing at the tension. So B of this is that use it consciously to break tension in yourself and others. You find you're talking to someone, your brother or your friend, and he's very tense, tell him a joke. He doesn't have to know what you're doing, but you're breaking his tension. And you'll be able to talk to him. When you feel yourself being tense, studying for finals, etc., tell yourself a joke. Laugh. It'll relax you. You'll be able to study better instead of freezing up. You're going to go on, you're going to make a public speech and you're all tense to laugh. It's really ridiculous, yeah? And you'll feel it draining out of you. See of this is that, my friends, see, it's equally good to dispel gloom, depression, and worry. These are different forms of tension. Ever have a bout with depression? And it's a tough one. <laughs> And it's a tough one, right? It's tough to get out when you're in there to get yourself out. It's easy to get the next guy out. Yeah, but to get yourself out, really, if you know how, it's easy to get the next guy out. You know how you get the next guy out of depression? Get him busy. Ask him to help you take the furniture out of the room. You can't be really depressed when you have to move furniture. Watch out for the door, for this, you know. You can't be depressed because you're, you're, you can't focus on, on, on the depressing uh, aspect, yeah? And by the time he's through moving the furniture with you, then he's going to sit down and say, look, where was I? I was depressed, you know. <laughs> it's difficult to get back into the right swing, yeah. But when you're doing it, it's a little hard to say, look, I'll get... You can be active, but laughter will do it for you. Laugh. Get yourself a favorite joke that will work at all times, yeah. And remind yourself of that joke, and you break up laughing, or you tell somebody, and then... Where was I? I was depressed. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> you have a favorite joke? Anybody? I'm collecting favorite jokes. And that's my hobby. I need a lot of jokes. <laughs> All right. D of this is, my friends. So that's good for gloom, depression, and worry. And I'm giving you a piece of advice for yourself, and God forbid you should have to use it for your relatives, is it's essential for pain and aggravation. If God forbid you have somebody who's had a lot of pain, get him uh, some uh, movies, Charlie Chaplin movies, yeah? You see, pain wears us down, and aggravation wears us down. But if you can give him a respite from pain by laughter, then he has a chance of finding himself, of 
gathering his pounds like this, you get worn, worn, and he's not fighting anymore. Am I making sense? God forbid you should know about it. You shouldn't have those, those, but that's the way to deal with it. Yeah, what did you want to say? I mean, before you said, uh, if someone is in a depression, he should tell himself a joke and start laughing and forget depression, but I think that's wrong, because any depression, I think, has a reason. So, Donnie, you're 100% right. You should get to the reason. Donnie says, look, you get out of depression, but you've got to deal with the reasons, right? But when you're depressed, don't try to deal with the reason. First get out of depression and say, where the heck was I? Well, what, was, what had me by the toe? Yeah. But when you're depressed, thinking of the reason is just depressing. You can't fight it. Am I making sense, Donnie? You're right. You should. Once you're out of depression and you got a little distance, yeah? say, now, what was depressing? Well, let's see, I'm wasting my life. You know, so what should I do? Let's do something about it. But when you're depressed, you say, well, I'm wasting my life. I'm not getting anywhere. I'm wasting my life. I'm not getting anywhere. It just wipes you out and paralyzes you, you see. When you're out, you say, well, you're wasting your life. Yeah, you know, i got to get moving. Yeah. But when you're in it, it's, it's, a, it, it's just more depressing. I find out why am I depressed because I'm wasting my life. Oh, down, 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 and they'll have to scoop you out with a shovel. Yeah. If you really know why you're depressed, yeah. it's tough to fight it. You see that difference. Okay, number four is that remember the lesson of the spontaneous laughter and tension. And the lesson is you don't have to have a joke. You don't have to tell yourself a joke. But what? Laugh. If there's a need, laugh, you'll get the joke. Laugh. Force yourself to laugh. <laughs> yeah. Laugh, you'll get the joke. It'll come to you. If you can't tell yourself a good joke, but you need to laugh because it's tense, it's aggravation, it's worry, it's there's all kinds, then just laugh. Don't worry about the joke. You'll get the joke. <laughs> Number five is understand what what is laughter what is humor to really use Judaism always says define understand then you can use it without a definition you don't know what you mean by love you don't know what you mean by happiness you don't know you can't you can't do anything about it you can't go and and use it yeah so what is laughter what is humor so I'll focus you with B I'll focus you what is the joke that you get when you laugh spontaneously like, you see the, get insight of the two nations. Right, and that what? The ridiculousness of how you're looking at it. The spooks are coming out. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. The spooks are going to get me. I'm in the haunted house. I paid money for this, you know. And here I am. Oh, the spook, wow. <laughs> that's funny. What's funny? It's ridiculous. It's a wrong way of looking at the world. When we notice our wrong perspective, that is laughter. Is that the definition of all laughter? Yes. Yeah. That's what humor is. And the more pronounced it is, the higher the laughter. That's why, uh, you understand, anytime somebody throws a pie at somebody's face, it's, it's a good for a laugh, right? But if you have the politician in the middle of the speech with the great black hat, you know, and 
pompous and apply goals, then everybody's just out. <laughs> That's it. You know. That's what really, really gets to us when it's, it's clear how ridiculous, how ludicrous a situation is. So when we are tense, what we're laughing at is the joke is on us. We're tense. That is the laughter. When we feel tenseness in, in any situation, we know this is ridiculous. Yeah. And that's why we start laughing. Something in us is telling us that being tense is ridiculous, is, is, is inappropriate, it's out of proportion. Number six is that in Judaism, and when, when I was a kid, it was well known amongst my, my chaverim that, I don't know whether you fellas heard it, that person who doesn't have a sense of humor doesn't have maturity because maturity is a sense of proportion. Being a child means that you take things out of proportion. Stepping on my shadow. Somebody insulted me. It's out of proportion. Somebody insulted you. Somebody insulted someone else. You say, take it easy. What did he do to you? He insulted me, the Holy of Holies. (laughs) We have to boil him in oil. Out of proportion. When I was a kid in, in the Cheder, if somebody ever made a statement like, I'm telling you that Joe DiMaggio is the greatest baseball player in the world. That was my day, yeah? So the rest of the day, he knew that he fell in, and the rest of the day, everybody would point, well, let's ask the expert. He'll tell us. Because he was going to be the butt of good-natured humor, because he, he made a pompous statement. He knows. You know. So you should do that for yourself when you catch yourself being pompous. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Yeah. When you catch yourself being uh, angry at someone for for uh, implying that you're you're not completely the brilliant uh, uh, individual that you take yourself to be yeah, and you're aggravated at the guy. Yeah. Big deal. Laugh. Keeps you from a lack of a sense of proportion and keeps you in maturity. Number seven is that use laughter for maturity to keep your problems, cut them down to proportion. Cut them down to proportion. You have problems, I can't get a job, you got problems, I don't know whether I'm going to succeed in college, you got problems, whatever, but big deal. Laugh. Whatever your problems are, if you laugh at yourself for being so wrapped up in your own problems, as finally in Indian starving to death, the Polish people, etc. Come on, laugh. The world is coming to an end. I didn't get a 95. Or I failed a course. Uh, or uh, I don't know where my next job is coming from. Come on, you're all right. You're healthy, you're around. Laugh at this. Laugh at your problems to keep them in the pool. I'm not saying that you don't tackle your problems. Tackle your problems. Go get yourself a job. Go solve your problems, right? But laughter will keep them in their place. Yeah? It won't go around with self-pity, with, uh, with worry, with... <coughs> Sense of proportion. Number eight is that use laughter all the time for the positive zest, the cheerfulness, the relaxed well-being that it gives you. All the time you find yourself a little tense, a little tight, a little down, a little... You're touring, yeah? Don't go around touring feeling tired. Laugh. Just sit out there on the mountain and laugh. Now you're ready to, to see what, what there is there. Yeah? I was once stuck in a subway car. <laughs> you should have laughed. And somebody, <laughs> and somebody had a laughing box. You ever seen one of those? Yeah, yeah. And he pressed it. 
And the whole train was like really cracking up the car. And when it got into the, to the station and the, the doors opened up, no one would come into that car. That's <laughs> an amazing thing. I'll tell you a couple of good jokes too. <laughs> In my days, everybody would have gone for that car. What do you think? Everybody would have gone for that car. Curiosity. I mean, curiosity. Let's see what's going on. Yeah, laughing. People are laughing, you know. It would have converged on that. Today, they're afraid of anything strange. Who knows? <coughs> so they, they move away. Number nine is, there is a bad use of laughter, and we use it subconsciously. Because of this power of laughter, we use it in an evil way at times. And you know what that is. Come on, Alan. When, when do we use laughter the wrong way? When do we use humor? Laughing at people. Laughing at people. Right? We destroy people that way. Make jokes, sarcasm, make a joke, uh, ridicule. Yeah. And if people laugh at you, it's disaster. It's awful because it devalues you. You're you're a bazooey. You're you're nothing. Yeah? They're laughing at you. Right. And people are very nervous <coughs> deeply. And in Judaism, we say, watch out, never laugh at anyone, you're sure to go to hell. If you, make, if you laugh at people, ridicule them, that's one guarantee that you're going to burn. Because we consider that the most terrible way of hurting another human being. You're hurting his soul. Yeah? So watch out, don't do that. But there's a power there. That's, why do we do this? Because when we laugh at something, at a human being or an idea, we destroy it. So the rabbis say, B, that we should laugh at evil, at mistakes. should laugh at it because it destroys it. We say we should laugh at idols. Not at the idol worshippers, but at idol worship. Pardon me, I stepped on your God. I'm so sorry. Oh, uh, did I make your God's nose bleed? Uh, so sorry. You know, you know what I'm saying? Laugh, it gives you a sense of proportion, right? It destroys nonsense. Now, it's a little holy by you, a man God is still a little holy because, after all, you come from Western society, yeah? But it's a little, a little, a trifle ridiculous, right? So the idea is when you laugh at idol worship, not at the worshippers, right? Don't laugh at the people, but at the idea, then it brings them down to reality destroys illusions. You have to laugh with somebody else. That's right. That is helpful. You see, when a fellow... There's two laughs. There's the laughing with someone, and there's laughing at him, but being friendly with him. You you follow? Mm -hmm. Laughing with someone is like like, uh, he breaks a, a plate. Yeah? And we're laughing at the ridiculousness of being upset at it. So we're laughing with him. Yeah? Laughing at him is like I told you, that, uh, oh, let's ask the expert. He knows all about baseball. Yeah? But inasmuch as we acknowledge we knew we were friends, and tomorrow I can be the butt, right? Then it's good-natured kidding. It's still kidding. It's not that comfortable, right? But it's, it's accepted because it's not questioning my validity as a human being. You're not laughing at, at that ridiculous, that fool who thinks he's he's an expert, right? So we say you made a mistake. Yeah? So the idea is when you laugh at someone, you're making fun of what he did, the question is, and he knows whether you respect him and you're really with him, yeah, 
except that what he did is a stupid thing, then he'll accept it. And it'll help him out of it. He won't do it again. Yeah? And he, he won't feel threatened. Or are you using it to put him down? And then he will be angry and aggravated. And we sense this. This is something that we, we perceive in the man's laughter. Is he laughing at me? Sometimes we make a mistake when, when I'm laughing with you. You think I'm laughing at you. You know, people are a little sensitive at times, right? But if you apologize, they'll take off, you know. You know what I mean? But in general, we perceive whether somebody's laughing with me or at me. Right, number 10 is directly for wisdom. When you get a piece of information and you know that it's valid, like you got to know what you're living for, I'll repeat it to you, you got to know what you're living for, that's the basis, right? Then <coughs> you got to use laughter and you decide that it's valid. Make sure that you take the time out to do what? What should you do, Jay? Come on. Use it. How? <laughs> Laugh at not using it. Laugh at this foible of a human being that you know how to be happy. You'd rather be happy than be a millionaire. You know that it'll work. This is the instructions. And you know what? I'm going to be miserable the rest of my life seeking happiness. I won't use this. That will cheat me from the opportunity of being miserable. But do you see that when you laugh, it breaks it up a little bit. You, you get a sense of perspective. doesn't mean that you're going to go out and use it, but it breaks up the, the fanatic of looking away from this thing that I have, this piece of wisdom, and puts it into a sense of proportion. i got a problem here. I'm not in control. Right? I know what I should do. But I'm not really doing it. Maybe someday I'll tackle it. Now laugh at not tackling this problem. Yeah? Now number 11 is that there's a better sense of laughter is laugh in the supreme beauty of sanity. When you see a piece of wisdom, if you can laugh at this, that you never notice how beautiful life can be, it will go straight to your heart. If you've ever stood on the Swiss mountain and seeing the beauty, and laughed at, at, at a world that you were walking with closed eyes. Laughed at the beauty of the world, yeah? meaning laughing at the beauty of sanity and the ludicrousness of not being open to it. So if you can get a piece of wisdom and see how beautiful it is that happiness is our thing. It's up to us. It's completely... It's where you focus. Focus on how beautiful the world is and you have energy. Focus on what you don't have and you're miserable. And it's so beautiful. It works so nice. It's, wow. That laughter is the best because it gets right to the body, right to the, to the heart of the, the crux of the problem and it's there. All right, number 12 is that it's extremely important to laugh against insanity which means what no absolutes the importance of success if you see how ridiculous this concept of there's no absolutes you can't know truth you just search for it all your life you argue about it you debate it you seek it you study for it but it's unattainable yeah. laugh because what's insane in the society is much more dangerous. So laugh at people 
dying for success, being tied to the millstone of success, go ahead and make yourself successful. I'm not telling you not to go out for success. But laugh at this ridiculous... I'm, if, if I have five PhDs, but I can't get a job, then I need a psychiatrist. Yeah. If I'm a, a cab driver with five PhDs, but I'm worthless. It's an aerodynamics, and there's no job. Yeah. Well, good <coughs> Worked hard, it was did all right. So we're, I'm making my life. I'm making my livelihood as a cab driver. Big deal. A success. But if you laugh at it, then it won't get you. That make sense? So whenever you see, B of this is, whenever you see something that you realize is ridiculous, like people uh, are watching a movie on the airplane, you know, when you go back, they're watching that movie, and you know that everybody's bored stiff. This movie, they wouldn't spend a, a plug nickel on it, yeah? Okay. But inasmuch as it's, uh, it's on the plane, right? It's on the plane, and there they are, so they'll suffer it through. Yeah. <laughs> but laugh when you see these ridiculous things. Laugh at them, so you won't find yourself doing it. Yeah. Do you get it? So when you see insanity around you, make sure that you have a good, solid laugh. Yeah. And you'll be a little, a little released from it. Number thirteen is that. It's extremely important. You see, every one of us is walking around with a lot of tension. You realize that? We're in the 20th century. I don't, I'm not talking about only New Yorkers. You know, New Yorkers, when you're going out, especially at night, you've got a lot of tension. Say, my, when I was a kid in New York, when we talked about people looking for adventure, so we say you have to be rich. You go to safari, you hunt a tiger and a lion and then adrenaline pumps. You know, you're walking in the forest. Today, you take a token and you enter the subway at 12 o'clock at night. Very <laughs> cheap today, you know. <laughs> but the, the idea is that we have a lot of tension. But even those who are living in, in Salt Lake City are worried about the recession, about the population bomb, about the atomic bomb, about the MX missiles, about uh, uh, Israel, about uh, world insanity. Every one of us is walking around on a bomb. Yeah. And that tension is definitely, without our own knowledge, it's draining us. It is. So what do you do about it? Yeah. So A of this is laugh. Laugh, laugh, laugh. You'll get the joke. Laugh. Make sure that you get a lot of laughter into you to, to throw it off, right? But you'll say, that's macabre. What do you mean? The chance of four billion people going up in smoke, humanity going up in smoke. I mean, and, and what are we laughing about? You know, ah! Yeah? But laugh anyway, because, friend, otherwise you're just slowly, it's breaking you down. Do you, do you understand? It's breaking down your thinking capacity, your, your, your um, love capacity, whatever it is, you see? So laugh anyway. Right? But B of this is, if you get the joke, you know what the joke is? Atomic bomb, hydrogen bomb, ICBM missiles. It's obscene, but that's not a joke. You've got to laugh. Yeah, because, uh, but they're coming to get you. What's the real joke? You know what the joke is? Human foibled is a god. There is meaning to this world. This is ridiculous. This, 
concern. Yeah, it could be. A lot of people die, but man, there's meaning to all this. And it's under control. And we know it underneath it all. So the way people, it'll work out to the good. Good wins. Now, they, in my days, in the movies, the good man always won. Today, they have the evil man winning once in a while. Yeah? <laughs> right? In my day, that's it. The good man always wins. But we basically believe good will win. Somehow. Yeah. But when you laugh, you know. You know. The Almighty is here. And in the eyes of the Almighty, it's all meaningful. We've got to get the lesson. We've got to, we've got to change. We have to deal with it. But it's all meaningful. Number uh, thirteen is uh, number fourteen. Just one more is for living. For living, remember, whenever you're in a tight spot, you're fighting with your parents, you're fighting with your boss, you're fighting with well, with your boss, it doesn't work that easy. But the idea is, you laugh, gives you a sense of proportion. You think your parents really wanted to kill you because they won't give you the car Saturday night, and then <laughs> you laugh at it. You know, wow, that was a little ridiculous. And you point out to your father, and, you know, I, here I was feeling that you, you don't give a hang whether I die. <laughs> you just don't want to give me the, the car Saturday night. And everything is settled. Yeah, at the boss, if you laugh, <laughs> he, might not, he might not quite see it that way, yeah? Right? But if you laugh inside, you get a sense of proportion, you can deal with the boss too. Do you see, this is the conscious use of what we started out with in the first place. It works. Okay, Roman rule two, the negative. And what's the negative? Don't laugh for laughter's sake, only for laughter's sake. If you've got a purpose, do. If no purpose, don't. Say, but why not? It's a little, all right, that's, you want zest? It's a laugh. Uh, Say a good joke or not. But just to go to a a, a comedy, just to laugh and laugh and laugh, only if you transfer it to a purpose. Yeah. Not for laughter sake. Why? Because laughter is an escape. Life is really serious. Laughter is to see the beauty in it. But then not to run away from it. Number two is, never laugh when work requires serious concentration. When you need something serious concentration, you know if a guy is golfing, and you poke a joke, right? He's setting a swing, yeah? They'll wrap it around your head. <laughs> right? yeah. So you've got to realize when you're studying and you're working and it's dynamic tension, you're getting somewhere and you're, you're with momentum, you laugh, you're breaking your momentum. You're taking yourself out and then you'll have to crank up the motor again and put it into gear and start it all over again. So never laugh, just shrug them off. Number three is... Never poke fun at serious subjects. In America, they used to say, they used to say, you never laugh at motherhood or God. Yeah? You ever hear that expression? No, these youngsters, they laugh at everything. Yeah? But Judaism never pokes fun, God forbid, on God, idealism, on uh, the need to do something to save humanity. Don't laugh there. This is serious, and keep it serious. Okay, Roman numeral three is the positive. Negative means to minimize. So what does minimize mean? So number one of that is that if you've ever had a job where they had a foreman or you've seen them, then they, when they come in in the morning, they kibitz, they take jokes, they crack, they, you know, they laugh, right? And then when the time comes, a whistle or whatever the time, the foreman goes, okay, fellas, knock it off, let's go. Yeah? 
and they all turn serious. A good foreman turns them all serious, and they go to their job with that zest, that energy. Now, if he'd be laughing with them on going on to the job, that's it. But turning it off, we had some fun, it was funny, right? Great. Now, turning it off and getting serious gives that push, that emphasis of of the laughter, of the energy, into the work that you got to do. So you've got to learn that you laugh, you turn it off, and translate that good feeling into movement, into growth, into decision, into power. Now, why do we need laughter? Why do we need laughter? And uh, number one is that the, we, we say in, in Torah that each day should be fresh. Don't come with preconceived notions. Laughter gives us that freshness of what's past is past. We look at it. clears out the end. Number two, why do we need the positive laughter? So because you've got to be in reality. You have to have a sense of proportion. The Almighty created this world for our pleasure. You have no problems. You know, Candide Voltaire made, made fun of the Jewish concept that everything the Almighty does is for our good. He didn't understand what, he, what we were about. A Jew says, you got no problems. All you got is opportunities. The Almighty is our Father. It's our opportunity to clean up this world. And it's no problem. That's your opportunity for greatness, for real greatness. Yeah. You'll be a multimillionaire. It's great in a time like this. Yeah. This is greatness. This is your opportunity. There are no problems. So you've got to understand this puts you into the real world. Laughter is the real world. The sense of proportion. We were created in a world that's made for us, that is our challenge, and that's our opportunity. Yeah? You know, take care of it. Enjoy yourself. Don't, don't, don't pity yourself. Enjoy yourself. Uh, Roman numeral two, the why is negative. That frivolity is the destruction of meaning. Unnecessary frivolity is like you, you can you can forget everything. It's just you don't you don't realize you can laugh in the face of death. You know, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, yeah. So watch out that you don't use it to destroy meaning. The positive negative is, as we said, that cutting down on laughter and holding it and pushing it the right way, yeah, is transferring the positive energy. If you laugh even for a good purpose, but it goes beyond. You lost the energy. Okay, what are we going to do about it? I'm asking you, one assignment is take a look at the world around you and you know that there are some things that you know are ridiculous, that human beings don't pause to to ask themselves what they're living for, that they're into success, that they think that there's no absolutes. But look at your society and have a hearty laugh. Make some jokes about it. Tell it to someone. Have a hearty laugh. Note for yourself whether you feel a little freer from the mass insanity. Thank you.